Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Believers have God's promise that when we faithfully obey Him and don't give up, we will enjoy the very best returns. Let the Lord encourage your heart as Joe Vasek, pastor of Northeast Baptist Church of Danbury, Connecticut, urges us to stay the course. In the Rhode Island History Journal, Volume 4, published in 1945, the director of the Rhode Island Historical Society, William Green Rolker, wrote an article titled, Francis Wayland, a Neglected Pioneer of Higher Education. Francis Wayland was the fourth president of Brown University in Providence, Rhode Island, and he served in that position for 28 years, from 1827 to 1855. One hundred years after Francis Wayland was president of Brown University, Mr. Roker wrote that Wayland was the best-known and probably the foremost educator of his time. The history of education is little studied, even by educators themselves, so it is natural that he has been overlooked in recent years. Francis Wayland's parents came to America from Somerset, England in 1793, and they settled in New York City. Three years later, Francis was born. The Waylands were Baptists. They were members of a Baptist church in New York, and they were part of the network of Baptist churches in the New York City area. Though Francis's dad had his own successful leather business, he soon felt compelled to abandon the business and become a traveling preacher. This all happened while Francis was very young, which left the responsibility of educating the Wayland son to Francis's mom. Mrs. Wayland was a very intelligent woman with strong character, and she poured her life into her young son. From his mom, Francis Wayland acquired an intense love of liberty and a great hatred for injustice and intolerance. When he was 15 years old, Francis was accepted into the sophomore class at Union College in upstate Schenectady, New York. When he graduated from Union College, he began to be personally trained and mentored by a medical doctor in Troy, New York. And in 1816, when Francis was 20 years old, he was licensed to practice medicine. That brought Francis to one of the great crossroads of his life. He had to decide where he was going to live and set up his medical practice. As he carefully pondered that decision, he couldn't escape the memories of his childhood home in New York City, reading the Bible, singing the hymns, learning the great doctrines of the Christian faith worshiping and serving the Lord in their local congregation. As he considered these elements of his youth, he began to realize that for all these years, as he was preparing to be a doctor, he had taken those foundational factors of his life for granted. And now that he was about to officially take the leap into a lifetime in the medical profession, he was overcome with the strong impulse that he had always known in his heart that he was supposed to be a preacher. As he thought through the possibility of leaving behind the medical field for which he had trained and serving the Lord as a Baptist preacher, it dawned on him that he wasn't even a member of a Baptist church. He knew from his childhood that in order to become a member of a Baptist church, he would have to be baptized by immersion. In order to be received for baptism, he would have to give a testimony of salvation. And he realized that he had no testimony of salvation. He believed all the Bible doctrines about salvation, but he had never actually been saved. He had to get saved so that he could pursue his desire to preach. He began to seek the Lord with all of his heart. Francis attended a revival meeting in Troy, preached by Luther Rice. 
He got saved and surrendered his life to serve the Lord. He enrolled in Andover Seminary, and in 1821, at 25 years of age, he was ordained, and then called to be the pastor of the First Baptist Church of Boston, where he served for six years. When he was 31 years old, he was asked to be the president of Brown University, which was established and operated as a Baptist college. He served as the president of Brown University until 1855. In the later years of his life, he was the pastor of the church known as the First Baptist Church of America in Providence. Throughout his ministry, Francis Wayland had a great burden for the cause of Christ and for local churches. He was a very effective preacher, and he wrote many books. His book, The Elements of Moral Science, published in 1835, is described as one of the most widely used and influential American textbooks of the 19th century. I discovered a first edition of his book, Sermons to the Churches, in a bookstore several years ago. The book contains strong statements about winning souls, discipling new believers, and living a holy life as a believer. He said, The gate of heaven stands as wide open for all born of women as the gates of hell. He said, The Savior requires every disciple, as soon as he becomes a partaker of divine grace, to become a herald of salvation to his fellow man. He said, Every disciple must be a discipler. And he said, A disciple may enter upon no calling. He may occupy no station. He may indulge in no amusement inconsistent with his elementary duty of discipleship. Francis Wayland went to heaven in 1865. His obituary, printed in the New York Times, included this summary. He was widely known and influential as an author, a theologian, an ecclesiastical advisor, and a wise and efficient promoter of mental and religious improvement. Christian, the greatest thing you can do with your life is to fulfill the plan that God has for you. Stay the course. We pray that today's program was a blessing to you. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at staythecourse at nbcdanbury.org. God bless you.